you don't have to live with pain. The back pain, the knee pain, the locking up hip, the elbow issue, they don't need to be your constant companion. And today I'm going to show you how to reframe your pain and start to logically and scientifically attack your curmudgeonly companion. Today, we're going to talk about why you're experiencing ongoing pain, the five steps you need to take to get out of pain, hint, this doesn't mean take a pill, and what five things you absolutely need to avoid. All that on today's Evolved Man. Welcome to the Evolved Man, where we are at war with the mediocrity of modern man. The Evolved Man is for men like you who are willing to be strong, open and aggressive learners, men who are not afraid to disrupt and change. It's time we ditch the current conventional idea that we devolve with age, that the dad bod is our destiny and that the glory days are behind us. Your best isn't behind you. And I'm here to provide you with practical tools, a few tips and tricks and everyday wisdom to help you evolve into your highest form. Strong, lean, smart, educated, and emotionally intelligent. Now, let's go to war. Welcome back to this episode of The Evolved Man. Welcome back, my friends. Today's episode is episode 162, and we are going to jump into a topic that... Uh, Surprisingly, we haven't discussed much on the podcast, but it is something I work daily with my executive clients on. In fact, it's estimated that nearly 65 million Americans report recent back pain and some 16 million Americans report ongoing back pain. What's even more troubling is that over 70% of older adults complain of some sort of joint pain that continues. But the question is, do these stats mean that dealing with back, knee, elbow, or neck pain need to be in your future? Not necessarily. A shocking statistic showed that by the end of the 1970s, arthritis in America had nearly doubled compared to previous decades. Fast forward to today, where the country sits at over 70% of the population that is either overweight or obese. Now, Folks, you know that this is not your body positivity podcast. I don't lie to you and say that all bodies and all sizes are healthy. They aren't. And the prevalence of pain is one of those indicators. Before we dive too deep into the episode, I'm going to give you my number one rule when it comes to this issue because I want you to have this rule tattooed on your forehead. I want you to memorize it. I want you to think about it every single time you run into some sort of pain. And that rule is this. Tender tissue is not healthy tissue. Now, we'll dive a little bit deeper on that topic later, but learn that one phrase, and you're on the path to progress before you even begin. Tender tissue is not healthy tissue. For a couple of decades, I've been fascinated by healthy aging. I've wondered what it would look like to get older, but yet become younger. This question has led me to search out from, or search out and learn from some of the best in the world, not just in their sports, but to learn from them when they had aged. I had a great opportunity to spend time with and becomes friends with uh, the very first ever Mr. Olympia, the great Larry Scott. We stayed in touch until Alzheimer's took his mind and he passed away sometime after. 
Larry used to come on my radio show and I spent time with him in the gym, learning lessons of movement and overall lifestyle from a guy who still in his 60s when we first met and beyond had better biceps than probably 99% of men in their 20s and 30s. I also trained with three-time Mr. Olympia, the most symmetrical bodybuilder of all time, the chemist himself, Frank Zane, when he was, again, in his 60s. I've learned from top athletes who stayed active throughout life and have gone deep into the idea that we don't need to devolve with age. In fact, I remember sitting on a bike one day with a good friend of mine that had uh, just come out of cancer surgery and was dealing with some other injury that he had sustained, but he was well into his 70s, almost 80 years old. And as we sat on the bike together, he leaned over and started showing me videos of him and a few top performers in uh, the world of surfing that were bombing down the mountains in Patagonia, Argentina. Now, he looked at me with pride, and he looked and pointed, and he said, you see that guy right there, the one that's ahead of everybody else? That's me. Everybody else was less than half my age. You see, I don't believe we need to devolve with age. And I've come up with a theory based on my observation and my own personal experience. After spending almost a quarter of a century working with people in the health and fitness space, I've observed that there are essentially three things that make us feel old, with the fourth as kind of a subset or a little brother of the third. First, we look and feel old when we don't move well. Look at a vibrant young child, and you'll see them move like a supple leopard. Old means tight, means still, means tender, means locked up. Old movement is restricted movement. You can make a pretty good estimation of the person walking down the street without seeing the color of their hair or anything else, whether it's vibrant or gray. Nothing gray is bad. I've got quite a few myself. But you can make a judgment on whether or not they are old based on the way that they move. Second, we look and feel old when we put on excessive body fat. Go back to the high school yearbook. And it's not the guys that lost their hair prematurely or went gray early that look older. It's the ones that started to adopt the dad bod. And third, finally, we have a decrease in energy and vitality. We feel old when we lose our vitality and when we lose our energy. This, along with its little brother of losing mental energy, go hand in hand. Cognition goes down and we start to forget things, or we're just not as sharp as we used to be. Now, what most, most men don't understand is that these are all related. All three compound to make us feel prematurely old. You have that nagging pain that keeps coming up because you don't move well. So you stop. You stop moving, and often because of that, you burn less calories and you lose muscle as a result. You gain fat and you start to dad bod yourself. As you do so, energy sinks and your mental health suffers. You lose focus and you start down the allopathic medicine path of pills for everything. Back pain? Take a pill. Too fat? Get an injection of the latest miracle drug. Find out a few years later that drug has damaged your heart? Take another pill. Lose sex drive because of the pills? Take another pill. Stop moving and gain fat because of the pill? Take another pill. But call it a supplement and pay way too much money for it. 
then take more and then more to overload your liver and because you've got way too many micronutrients going in at the same time and force your gut to process all the money that you shove down your gullet in pill form and feel worse. Lose more energy, get depressed and anxious because of all of this. Then take another pill. Sound familiar? You see, pain, if left, if left unaddressed, becomes a problem that affects everything else. You can't do the things you used to do. You move with pain and you feel limited. You feel old. And there are a few things, like I said, that make us feel old. Pain in the joints, limited to just disjointed movement, extra fat, low energy. And if you don't address those things, you will have constant what I call energy leakage. Think about energy leakage like this. If you were to take a big bucket, let's say you went to Home Depot and picked up one of the Homer buckets and filled it up with water. That bucket could hold water, just like your body hangs on to energy. Now, if we took a drill, and we used a very small drill bit and drilled into the Homer, we would start to see some leakage of water. Might not be much over time, or excuse me, at the beginning, but over time, it will start to seep out. Now, compound that. Take a larger drill bit, drill into the bucket on the other side, maybe a little bit higher, maybe a little bit lower, and continue to do this. This energy leakage is what is happening when you don't address pain. We'll talk more in just a minute about what pain is, but think about it like this. When you're drilling consistent holes in this bucket of your overall energy, little by little, you have less and less energy to accomplish the things in your day. Now, I don't know about you, but as I've gotten older, my responsibilities haven't decreased. Life hasn't become more simple. As my business has grown, as my kids have gotten older, things aren't easier. They aren't more simple. In fact, oftentimes they are far more complex, which means that the complexity of solving problems dictates that I need both mental and physical energy. With energy leakage, every time you ignore pain, your body sends signals and does what it needs to because the body is highly intelligent to move you away from that pain, to adopt, to shut down, to move things towards that area to address the pain. Now, we won't go too deep into the physiology of it today. That's probably for another conversation. But just understand that every time you don't address pain, you are sending resources to that area and energy leaks out. The reality is it has nothing to do with age. Your body doesn't look at a calendar and say, oh, I'm a year older. Now I'm 41. And 41 is the time where my body disintegrates and degradates. It has nothing to do with the clock and it has nothing to do with the calendar, but it has everything to do with lifestyle and nutrition, which includes what you put into your body, how you move, how you sleep, your hydration levels, et cetera, et cetera. One of the things that it's important to understand, though, is when you get into pain, you will jump into, most likely, an allopathic process. It's important that you get a second and third opinion because you need to know where the boundaries of allopathic medicine are. With allopathic medicine, there's a symptom and a treatment, which means typically a pill, an injection, a surgery, or generic advice of eat better or get stronger. Now, it's okay. I'm not dogging on doctors. Doctors are phenomenal, and they do a great job with what they know. However, my experience in over two and a half decades of working with people who are in pain 
they get this generic experience or excuse me, this generic advice and or are told that an injection pill or some sort of surgery is the only option they have. And then once we start working together and we start to address that tender tissue, remember tender tissue is not healthy tissue, that tender tissue starts to help the body get back into better alignment. We address the root of the problem and they get rid of the pills. They avoid the injections and most of the time they avoid surgery as well. Again, it's okay. Doctors know what they're doing within their scope of practice, but they recommend what they know and they don't explore oftentimes ideas that they don't know about. Several years back, I had a client of mine that had come to me and she started to see some amazing results. We worked together for quite some time um, before she could convince her husband to come and see me. Now, her husband was a very, very smart man. Uh, some would say maybe even a little bit too smart for his own good. He was a very arrogant uh, physician that said, I don't need help. I can do this on my own. Who is this person that you're working with? I know more than him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The, tra- the challenge was, is here's a guy who was dealing with back pain, who was about 50 pounds overweight, who was not eating well, and despite having diabetes, did not understand how to eat to manage that. As an expert in metabolic disease, he had all of the information. Finally, his wife convinced him to come and see me. We sat down and started to have a conversation. And as I educated him on the process of getting out of pain, and we started to move together, and we started to adjust his nutrition, it took about one meeting. And he came back to me, tail between his legs, and apologized. I'm sorry, he said. I said, for what? He goes, I came in here thinking that who are you to know anything that I don't know? Humbly, I'm asking for your forgiveness. No forgiveness needed because he didn't even tell me what he thought about me before and what he thinks about me is his opinion, not or his business, not mine. I said, thank you. I appreciate that. But it's not necessary. Let's just help you to lose some body fat, get out of pain, and eat in a way that will manage your diabetes better. He had a massive shift in his overall lifestyle, and he started to get great results. So where are you at? What is it that you're dealing with today? Do you find that you have trouble moving after you've been sitting at a desk or on an airplane, or you've been driving in a car for any significant period of time, and you stand up, do you feel like somebody has jammed something up your backside? Do you feel like you have a trouble walking, running? Are you limited? One question that I ask my clients that is almost shocking to them is when is the last time you jumped? When is the last time you sprinted? You see, for many people, they can't even remember. They go back to an arbitrary time of maybe when I was a kid, maybe in high school. But the last time you jumped, the last time you sprinted, the last time you ran fast, the last time you skipped from rock to rock while you were on a hike, and you were jumping around and moving like a supple leopard, has left your memory because you are sitting in pain. So how do we get you out of pain? Well, today I'm going to give you five steps. Now, these five steps are not comprehensive, and they nor, nor are they exhaustive. They are just designed to help you to think about 
pain in a different way and help you to reframe so that you have the intellect to take control of your body. Now, I'm a big fan of personal accountability. In fact, in an upcoming episode, you're going to hear from the author of QBQ, one of my favorite books of all time, John G. Miller. John has spent the last 30 or so years teaching the concept of personal accountability. It is the only thing that he does. And sure, he's written two or three other books where they're adjacent to personal accountability, but everything that he talks about is about personal accountability. We'll dive deeper into personal accountability in that episode with John, but suffice it to say, your body is your own. The doctor doesn't own it. And whenever the doctor, the trainer, the nutritionist, the coach tells you something, you need to have the knowledge in order to filter what they're telling you and test it out and take scientific approach to see if it's going to work right for you. So here are five steps to get you started. Number one, investigate where the pain is coming from. Now, this is a tough one for most people because we live in a society that takes us out of our bodies and puts us somewhere else. Don't believe me? Walk into another room. Put your headphones in, go to a coffee shop, and look around. One day, my good friend and I were sitting in a coffee shop together. And after about an hour and a half or two hours of deeply engaging conversation, he looked up and exasperated, yelled, look around. Look at all of these zombies. And he said it so loud that I, my, my eyes went wide and I was almost shocked thinking that he was going to offend the people. The sad reality was, as I looked up, no one paid attention to what he said. Now, he and I got to the coffee shop early, and we sat there for about two hours. And because of that, we were so engrossed and engaged in this conversation that I hadn't realized the entire coffee shop had filled up. Every table was taken with people there getting coffee together, eating pastries, having conversation, grabbing a breakfast, grabbing a lunch. And none of them were interacting with each other. And I'm not using hyperbole. I literally mean none of them were interacting with each other. Every single person there was on their own phone, hunched over like the hunchback of Notre Dame. They were not living in their bodies. They were not living in the moment. And so one of the most challenging things when we talk about step one of investigate where the pain is coming from is getting deep into your body. One of the reasons why it's so challenging is because you haven't investigated. Now I know what you're saying because I've heard it a thousand times. Steve, the pain is in my back. But the reality is almost 80 to 90% of the time when somebody tells me that they have back pain, when we investigate further, they don't have back pain. Their pain is coming from the upper portion of their glutes, which attaches into their hips. And the pain often with my back pain people is coming from the sacroiliac joint. You need to investigate rather than just continue to tell the story. Once you investigate, you can start to make a plan with a qualified health practitioner from there. Step two. 
know that pain is just communication. The body communicates in certain ways, and pain is one of those ways. But far too often, again, we don't live in our body. We don't understand what is being communicated to us. Think of the body like a child. When a child is young, what does it do when it's hungry? It cries. What does it do when it's soiled its diaper? It cries. What does it do when it's sad? It cries. What does the child do when it wants to be picked up and held? It cries. What does the child do when it wakes up and wants attention? It cries. The body is the same. It sends a signal that we call pain. But if you explore deeper and you learn that pain is just communication that is more nuanced than just pain, then you'll understand how to describe it better. Pain is not pain. So you have to understand what is it. Learning to understand what the body is telling you, because it's not always telling you to stop, it may be just telling you something else. Here are five phrases or five words, five descriptors that you can use, and there's much more. Again, this is not a comprehensive list, but when looking at pain, I want you to start to think of it in a different way. It could be that you're feeling tight. It could be that you're feeling restricted. You could feel a pulling sensation. You could feel a limiting sensation, or you could feel limited. There might be a burning sensation. Here are five things to think about. When you feel tight, what does that feel like? When you feel restricted, pulling, limiting, burning. Now, I talk to my executive clients about this, and so I'm going to give this to you here because I just think it saves us some time if you and I ever talk. Pain is not pain. You need to learn how to describe the pain, and you need to become very nuanced with understanding the pain. But the reality is most people don't understand how to address or how to describe what their body is feeling. You see, we feel emotion. We feel sensation. Those two things are different. Emotion and sensation and feeling, the third piece, is different. Sensation might be that I feel a sensation of tightness in my joint. The emotion might be I feel frustrated because of this tightness, and I don't want to feel it. You see, the emotion is always tied to some expectation that we have. The feeling could be something different. I feel cold. I feel hot. Emotion, sensation, and feeling are three different nuanced ways that we can start to describe what the body is telling us. Moving away from pain and digging a little bit deeper to describe it helps you to understand what it is that you need to do to move forward. Now remember, the body's not telling you to stop necessarily. It may just be telling you something else. Third, know that your body will automatically move from pain. Now, this is important because when you have pain, that means that more often than not, your body has already adapted away from that pain. And this adaptation creates an imbalance over time, if not addressed. Now, think about this like a car. If you were to drive your car around and the alignment was off or the wheels were out of balance, you could go from here to the grocery store without a problem. When you jump into the car and you start to drive a little bit along the highway, you may notice that imbalance. but it's not that bad. When you get on the freeway and you start to pick up to freeway speed, you'll notice the bouncing. 
shaking. Do that over time and you'll wear your wheels out. You may have to replace a ball joint. You may have to get more uh, tires more often. The body is the same way. As soon as your body feels pain, it will automatically adapt away from that pain. So in order to get strong, you have to address pain first. Tender tissue is not healthy tissue. You cannot be strong with a weak point. Think of your body like a chain. You often hear the term kinetic chain when we talk about how do you move well. Kinetic means movement. Chain is all of the parts of your body that move together to create whatever motion it is that you're trying to create. Want bigger chest? You have to push. Want bigger back? You have to pull. Those are motions. Those motions lead to an adaptation in the muscle. They are kinetic chains. If I have a very weak grip, that's part of the chain that is not as strong as another part of the chain. When we have pain, our chain of movement adapts away from that pain. Ignore neck pain for a period of time, you could start to get pain in your lower back. Ignore that lower back pain on the right-hand side, and you'll start to get pain in your left knee. Ignore that knee for a significant period of time, and you'll adapt away, and you'll start to get pain in your right ankle. And so the right ankle, the left knee, the right hip, and the upper neck on the left side all have pain because you're older? No, because your body adapts away from pain. And it's important that you address and understand that adaptation. As soon as you have pain, don't move from it. But start to understand that your body has moved from it and you need to address it first. Now, fourth, this is the one time where I'm going to tell you in a relationship that I want you to become passive aggressive. You need to be direct in all relationships in life. Directly tell people what it is that you want. Directly tell them what you don't want. Directly give feedback positively. Directly shut things down if they don't align with you and your purpose. But with your body, I want you to be passive aggressive. I want you to learn the upstream and downstream concept because sometimes pain that is, up, uh, is actually coming from something that is upstream or downstream from that pain. For instance, let's say that you have some knee pain. Upon further investigation, you find out that you have tight, tender tissue and you're limited in your range of motion in your hip. That tight, tender, painful adaptation in the hip is putting imbalanced pressure on your knee joint, and that's causing your pain. So the upstream-downstream effect is one of the critical tools that you can utilize to hunt and learn to passively uh, address your pain. Your relationship with your body in addressing pain is the only relationship that I want you to have this passive aggressive approach with all other relationships I want you to be direct with. So don't just look at where the pain is coming from. Understand that oftentimes that pain is there because your body has already adapted away from the pain. Start to hunt upstream. Start to hunt downstream from wherever the pain is. And I would almost guarantee you're going to find some tight, tender tissue somewhere else that has started the problem. Now, number five, ask if you can just change your current relationship with pain. How do we do that? Well, first, start in the passive way like we just talked about. Think upstream and downstream. Next, be curious and not judgmental. Don't judge that when you feel pain, you can't move. Don't judge that you 
shouldn't move and don't go the path of the doomsday or the end of the world thinking. Oh, I've thrown my back out again and I can't move for five days. Not necessarily. When you're curious, you start to explore. You see, many issues can be addressed with just a few minutes and many imbalances can be improved with just a small five to maybe 10, 15 minutes a day hygiene investment. What, I, what do I mean by that? Well, you see, soft tissue techniques, they don't need to be long and they don't need to be something that you spend another half a day working on. I'm not trying to create a part-time job for you. Think about hygiene that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. You brush your hair, you take a shower, you brush your teeth. Maybe you have a skincare routine. Hygiene takes 5, 10, 15 minutes a day. Learning to do soft tissue hygiene, learning to do your fitness and your health hygiene for 5 to 10 to 15 minutes a day will help to prevent pain and will address any pain that comes up. You see, tightness isn't a problem. Pain isn't a problem. It's just communication. The daily hygienic work will help to keep you moving well. So think about 5, 10, 15 minutes per day of having a fitness or health hygiene routine. Now, those are my top five steps to getting started. And I want to make sure that I give you my top five things to avoid. The reason we don't start with things to avoid is I want to get you moving. And if you've gotten to this point, you're ready to turn it off, then absolutely turn it off. But if you want to hear the five things to avoid, here they are. Number one, don't mask the pain with pills. When you take a pill, all you are doing is shutting down the receptors and you are ignoring the communication. But I don't want to be in pain, Steve. And when I'm not in pain, then I can move. Well, if you're not in pain, all you're doing is like the ostrich that sticks the head in the sand. You are ignoring the communication. How long have you avoided listening to your wife when she told you that you are a certain way or that you're acting a certain way? And then that got worse and worse and worse until you got to the point where you said, huh, maybe she is right. Maybe I am fill in the blank. Don't mask the pain with pills because all you're doing is shutting down the communication. Get curious, not judgmental. Now, that doesn't mean that if you have torn a muscle or you have some sort of significant pain that you should ignore it. Again, get curious and explore safely. But certainly, don't mask the pain with pills. Number two, don't listen to doctors that tell you you just have to deal with it or it's going to get worse. I can't tell you the number of times that I've had people come to me where a doctor, although well-meaning, told them, well, this is just because of your age and it's probably going to get worse. I have worked with clients even up into their 80s where we have been able to improve their overall quality of life significantly, improve posture, improve movement, build muscle, increase energy, and lose body fat. There was not a time, there was not an age where things had to get worse. The right tools, tactics, and techniques work. Now, does that mean that if you're genetically predisposed and you have arthritis that we can cure it? No. This isn't some sort of quackery. But can we reduce the pressure that's going into the joint with the right strategy? Can we reduce overall body inflammation? with the right lifestyle? Absolutely. Can we improve quality of life with a very scientific approach to your overall lifestyle 
that gives you the health, the vitality that you want and need, and put some plugs into the Homer bucket, 100%. Number three thing to avoid, don't ignore it. Ignoring the pain just means that your body will continue to adapt further and further and further away from the pain, which will eventually cause more pain. Think about the car with the alignment issue or the wheel imbalance. Number four, don't think that stretching is going to fix the problem. Imagine this for a second, and this might be hard to picture, but I want you to take a rubber band if you have it or a, uh, a workout band, and I want you to take that workout band and, or that rubber band and stretch it. Now imagine that you took a lighter or a match and you lit part of that band. And in that part of the band, you have damaged the tissue. Again, tender tissue is not healthy tissue. You create some bubbles. There's some burning in there. And then you went and stretched it further. Where does the pressure when you stretch it go to? Well, if you haven't figured out and you want to go try this, be very careful and put some uh, goggles on for those of you that uh, ate too much paste back in uh, high school or back in uh, uh, elementary school. When you stretch, the tension will go directly to the area that has the most problem or the most pain, which causes more pain, more issues. Stretching doesn't fix the issue. Tender tissue is not healthy tissue, and stretching tender tissue can actually make it worse. That doesn't mean that we don't want you to be mobile. That doesn't mean that we don't want you to be flexible. However, we achieve mobility and flexibility not through stretching, but through stability. You see, if you can't bend over and touch your toes, it's not necessarily that you have a flexibility issue. You probably have a stability issue. Your body will not give you mobility and flexibility if it doesn't feel like you can be protected in that space. Now, when I was younger, I could probably bend forward with my legs straight and touch just past my knees. Now, at almost any given point in time, except for the days right after a really tough leg day, I can bend forward and touch my toes, no problem. And I do almost no stretching of my hamstrings. The reason that I can do that is I have developed stronger and more stable hips. You want to avoid stretching when you're in pain and you want to get curious, like we talked about before, to figure out where the tender tissue is. Tender tissue is not healthy tissue, and so thus we need to get that tissue healthy, supple, and calm before we do any type of stretching routine. The fifth thing to avoid is working hard without doing the work to figure out what's going on. Now, I know that almost seems simple and simplistic, but I can't tell you how many times I have to remind some of my executive clients that this is the key. Don't just keep going to the gym and trying to bench more. Don't just keep getting on the elliptical, the bike, the treadmill, going for the run, and working harder and harder, thinking that your hard work is going to figure it out. It's not. If your body has an issue, you need to address the issue head on. Doing something that is, uh, or applying the concept of hard work will not get you to the point where you will be out of pain. So avoid working hard without doing the work to figure out specifically what is going on. 
Well, there you have it, folks. There are my five steps to get out of pain or at least start moving away from the pain and my five things to avoid. I'm curious, what resonated with you? As we went through and talked about these five things that you should do and the five things that you shouldn't do, were there things that resonated? Were there things that were interesting to you? Now, I don't normally do this on the podcast, but I want to throw it out there. As many of you know, I work as a coach and consultant for people who want to go from dad bod to the evolved man. They want to become the evolved, most evolved version of themselves. I primarily work with people who are former athletes who realized that uh, when they were in high school and college and they were at their peak, or maybe they were former professional athletes and they were at their peak, that now that life has become more complicated, they are married, they have kids, they work at a desk job, that it's not as easy to apply what they did back in the day and get the results that they're looking for. I work with people who are busy. I work with people who run companies, fly on private jets, who are driving great cars because they understand the value of their time and they understand the quality that comes from sitting down in a beautiful Porsche 911 versus sitting down in a Prius. The difference between the two, I don't have to explain to them. Now, the reason I work with these people is because they understand the value of value. They understand that quality is quality. And they understand that the $150 12-week program or the $700 a month supplement routine is not really the value. And they understand that if they are going to move from being the dad bod towards being an evolved man, that they have to get an intelligent approach to their overall health and fitness. And so I'm throwing an offer out there. If anything in here resonated with you and you think that we might be a good fit to work together, reach out to me. If not, I hope this episode was helpful for you. And I hope it's something that you can utilize to start to dig a little bit deeper on your pain. If you find yourself overweight, busy, and you want to offload some of the stress, let's talk. Let's see what we can do to work together to achieve your goals, get you out of pain, drop some body fat, build your most evolved version of yourself while we work on everything from your body, your mind, your soul, and your tribe. And there you have it, folks. That is our episode today. Hey, do me a favor. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your family and friends. There are a lot of people, and I think we referenced this at the very beginning, that are in pain. Now, these statistics. They're just statistics. I would imagine that if you know people, uh, or excuse me, if you look around at the people in your life, you know several people who are dealing with some sort of pain. So if you are not in pain, but know someone that is, please share this episode with them. I would love to start to reframe how we think about pain in our society and start to take a much more intelligent approach towards pain. And with that, I want to wrap up this episode of The Evolved Man and challenge you that now it's time for you to get out there and evolve. Thanks for joining me today for this episode of The Evolved Man. 
If you're learning from and gaining value from this podcast, please subscribe to the Evolved Man newsletter where I can support you even more in your personal evolution. I want to help you reverse engineer your success. The Evolved Man newsletter is like getting a free coaching session to keep you moving forward on your path of personal success. Go to the evolvedmanpodcast.com to sign up today. If you found value in this episode, you can give us up to a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify and share it with your network. That's the best way to support the podcast so we can continue to get great guests and provide you with the best wisdom for your daily life. Until next time, keep evolving.